You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania and also Launceston today. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively. Get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David joining us from Launceston. David Maxwell, welcome. Thank you Jason, thank you. It's good to have you back with us. How's the weather in Launceston today? Oh, it's a bit wet this morning. Yeah, we've we've got some clouds. Uh, I don't think it's rained yet, but it looks like it's going to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, David, uh, it's been good to uh, have your new series here, reflecting Jesus. You're uh, sharing some different um, stories and experiences, and uh, I know you've got one lined up for us today. So, uh, what are you going to share with us today uh, in your in your stories? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Talking again about the blessings of God in my life. I'm starting from well before I was actually converted, before I was a Christian. And last week I talked about my bad driving habits, and I I have another one that uh, I'd like to share about that today. And, And again, it's not to glorify it, but it's to show God's grace, his mercy, and his miraculous intervention in my life. Mm. So the one I was going to talk about today was, was, it wouldn't surprise you that after last week's uh, discussion, there was a time I lost my license uh, from my poor driving. (laughs) And so I was on the uh, Air Force base, I was in the Air Force at the time, and I had a, uh, a a very powerful car. Uh, it was sitting in the the car park. For you guys out there, it was a Ford, uh, Ford Falcon um, panel van. It was all done up. It was a V8, a 302. There you so go. This so, is the same one you talked about last week. Yes, you'll yeah. all understand that. Um, and and I was walking down to the car park uh, probably two or three times a week and starting it up and driving it around the car park because I wasn't allowed to take it off the base, Mm -hmm. uh, off uh, federal property. Uh, I wasn't allowed to drive it on the the local roads. Because you'd lost your licence? Because I'd lost my licence. But being in the Air Force, you could could drive it on the road uh, or the the paved areas uh, on the Air Force base. So I was driving this thing around the car parks and anyway one night it got the better of me and I thought I have to take it for a drive so the base had a large road that went right around the perimeter of the base Mm. and there were some uh, hairpin corners and 90 degree corners and I was driving this thing so fast and not paying attention to the road that I missed a corner and I went straight off the road So I didn't even see the corner coming, and I went right off the road. I went across a culvert, a concrete culvert that was probably about uh, two metres wide, maybe a little bit wider, and the car went dukes of hazard across this culvert and uh, landed on the other side in the dirt uh, and and pushed a whole bunch of dirt up against the radiator, wrecked the front of the car. I was going to say, it sounds like a recipe for some damage. <laughs> it really did. I, I, I couldn't believe it was actually still drivable on the road, even though the, the radiator had a hole in it and the, the wheels were bent at funny angles. Um, the service police came around. They'd had a report of someone speeding and uh, promptly told me to take the car back to the car park and go to bed. And that was all that happened. But... When I looked at the culvert and I looked at the the car later on, it really hit me how close I'd come to to being killed there because uh, 
those culverts are concrete and there was only about well, you know a couple of feet of dirt above the concrete section of the culvert mm. and i missed that concrete which would have stopped the car from about 100 to zero very quickly we had no no airbags back then mm. and it would have been a pretty solid stop and i don't think i would have survived it and when i when i looked at that you know uh, you know you might say oh, i was a bit of a slow learner <laughs> And, and I was, I really was, um, Jason. I was. A, it took me a long time to to recognise uh, what what uh, good driving was all about. What um, being a, a good citizen was all about. Um, and they're sort of things that I, I learned as I as I got older. They're things that I learned as I. Uh, I guess as I started to draw closer to God, but the the big thing for me in this incident was that again someone was watching out for me, mm. and, I, and I believe again it was my mother's prayers that uh, kept me safe during those silly times in my life, and uh, and and I'm sure that each one of us needs to have somebody praying for them mm. um, because we do silly things, don't we? We do. Mm. Yeah. But um, you know, David, it just makes me think that uh, it's it's a good thing we have a patient God, isn't it? That uh, that well, both both patient and forgiving, <laughs> because mm. uh, whilst we are slow learners, we I think some I think we all are to some extent. Um, God is is uh, loving and patient and forgiving, and uh, he he. It reminds me of that verse. He's he's not uh, slow. He's just patient, and he wants all of us to mm. to come back to him. Yeah, you're right. We'll look yeah. at patience, uh, long suffering next week. Mm. But yeah, it is something that's very very important. So, you know, as as these things happen uh, in my life, it, it started to wake me up to the realities of life rather than the uh, fantasy. I guess I was living in as a young person that I could do anything, be anything, go anywhere, um, and nothing would happen to me made you think about your mortality <laughs> it really did it really did so uh david um i'll just remind our listeners that uh you can listen to our past episodes and you can go back and listen to david's stories from last week if you missed that um on the faith fm app and the faith fm website faithfm.com.au you can go there and find the menu for programs and you can find tassie counters tassie and counters on there and uh, you can listen to all of our past episodes. Um, today we will have a free book offer and uh, we've probably got some questions for you as well. So write down our show number. This is for Tassie Encounters, 0488 That's our number for today to text in to get our free book offer and to answer questions and yeah, provide any feedback that you'd like to as well. So, David, uh, where are we going today? I believe uh, it's on the topic of peace. Yeah, last week we spoke about joy, and joy and peace are, are emotions that are often very closely uh, aligned, I guess. We experience them at similar times. We have joy and we have peace. And we're going to talk a little bit about that characteristic of God today and how we can reflect that in our daily life. But, you know, we want to see what the, the peace of God looks like, and that's quite important. Um, the listener question I'd like people to think about and perhaps text in, aside from the other things that we're talking about as we uh, talk about it today, is when 
was a time you experienced extraordinary peace. And I'll share something later if uh, if no one texts in, but I'd like someone to text in and mm. tell me about their experience of when they experienced extraordinary peace. That'd be great to hear from you. So do text us in on 0488880891, a time when you experienced extraordinary peace. We'd love to know about that. And we can share that with others, of course, on the air as well. So, uh, David, we might uh, go to our first break. Mm. Uh, we're a bit early, but that's all right. We can make up the time elsewhere in the program. This mm. uh, song is a medley of two songs. It's a, a combination of the song Oceans and also You Make Me Brave by Caleb and Kelsey. My soul 
Listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're talking with David Maxwell from Launceston on the topic of peace. And just before we went to a break, we asked you a question. We would love to hear from you today. The question was share with us a time when you experienced extraordinary peace. It's a beautiful thing when we sense that calmness and peace. We would love to know a time, and uh, I guess if you want to add into the text, you know, why you felt you uh, experienced that peace, we'd love to hear from you anyway. So text us in on 0488880891. Now, uh, David, we're, we're going to continue on with this topic on peace, and uh, I think we're going to read the, the passage again shortly that yeah, uh, we've we been reading each week. Yes, we are. We're going to read it from a different version every week because each version of the Bible kind of highlights something different about um, a passage. So it's really good to read the Bible and read Bible texts through a number of different passages or different translations, um, I should say. Mm. And you can do that quite easily. You can go, I'm not advertising for anything particular here, but what I've used in the past is a thing online called Bible Gateway. You can go there and you can look at all different versions of the Bible and you can make them parallel to each other. And it's a good, cheap way of doing it. There's no cost to that. Mm. So, yeah, that's really, really good. Today, as I look at this topic of God's characteristic of peace, it's, it's my hope that we actually will see the difference between what we call peace. So you and I experience peace at different times in our life, and perhaps it's just an absence of trouble, uh, but we experience peace. I'd like to show the difference between what we call peace and what God calls peace and what his peace is all about. So before we read the passage today, uh, in this time we're going to read it in the NASB or the New American Standard Bible, uh, maybe I'll just have a prayer for us. Sure. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we still have your word and as we read it today, we pray that you'll give us understanding from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jason, would you mind reading Galatians five nineteen to 26 uh, through the NASB, please? Yes, so this is the New American Standard Bible translation. Uh, it says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ, Jesus, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Let's not become boastful, challenging one another and envying one another. Thanks, Jason. That's really good. The reason I chose the New American Standard Bible is because it puts a word in here. (coughs) It says, those who practice such things. Mm. So... Well, you know, we see those things in the list that you talked about that kind of fit in everybody's life. You say, oh, I do some of that. 
you're going to say something, Jason. No, that uh, I was going to say that last week. I think you mentioned this uh, this concept of of uh, the practice. It's not uh, necessarily that if you occasionally get angry or uh, or something like that, then you know it, this is about the practice. Yeah, it's holding on to those behaviours and doing them frequently. Yeah, um, and and not trying to change, not trying to turn away from it. Mm. So what is peace? You know, many years ago I was training to be a pastor at a church where the members really cherished the Bible instruction of first fruits. You know, the idea that the people of Israel would bring the first parts of their harvest, uh, the early harvest, they would bring them to the priests and dedicate them to God. (coughs) Sorry about that. But um, these members would often do this. They would bring some of their fruit from the early seasons, from their little farms that they had, their hobby farms, and they'd give them to me, me and Mary, Mary and I. And I thought it was really, really sweet. But there was this one particular time that I remember when someone brought in some dark-skinned pears. I don't know if you've ever seen them. I'm, I'm not I'm not picturing the ones that you're referring to, but um, I may have seen them. <laughs> so they're a dark yellow yeah, uh, with brown, like brown spots all over them. Right, okay. All right, so I'd never seen them before in any other place. It was in Victoria. And I'd let alone eaten them. So I'd, I'd never tried these, and they felt hard, and they felt rough, and they didn't feel nice and smooth like um, other pears that I'm used to. They, they didn't look very appetising at all. So respectfully, we took them home. We didn't want to offend them. Um, so I, I took them home and I put them in the fruit basket, but I couldn't get over the look and the feel of these pears. So they sat in the fruit basket. Now, if those people are listening today, don't worry, I eventually ate them. But <laughs> I just want to explain how it happened. And and so after about a week or so, they're sitting in the fruit basket. Now, they do take a little bit of time to ripen, which is fine. But they're sitting in the basket there, and I'm imagining their displeasure, the people's displeasure, when in a few weeks' time, they say to me, how were those pears? And I have to say, oh, they went off and I threw them out. Uh, so I thought, no, I can't do that. I can't, I, I can't do that. I, I have to actually try these pears. So after about a week or so, you could smell them. You could, you could see they were ripening. And I thought, I'm going to have to try these. So I took a pear. I washed it uh, very, very well in case it was just a, uh, a dirty skin. Didn't change the feel of it all, really. And, mm. and then I took a bite into this pear. And wow, I'd never tasted a pear so sweet. And, you know, as you bit into it, you barely noticed the skin, uh, even though it was a bit rough and a bit uneven. I bit into this this pear, and it was just so sweet. I've never tasted a pear as sweet as these pears. I can tell you the rest of them didn't last very long after that. But it taught me a really, really valuable lesson. You know, the, 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 uh, the saying that says you can't judge a book by its cover. Mm. Or a pear bite skin in this instance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the same is true for our topic about the peace of God. You can't always just take the Bible at face value. Um, many times you can. You know, there's a story in there and you can just simply read the story. Um, but sometimes you've got to dig a little deeper if you want to find the real meanings of it. Um, and and that's, that's what we're going to do today. It's interesting that um, I guess it goes both ways, doesn't it? That uh, sometimes something might look 
uh, not so appealing, but uh, when you taste it, it, it it's really good. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes uh, it's the other way as well. Something does look appealing, but when you mm-hmm. taste it, or you know, it might be. Um, yeah, all, all sorts Not of things. So I guess good. you might you might have a, a really good looking car, and uh, yeah. but then you go to drive it, and it's got some issues or something. So we can't yes. always judge a book by its cover. That's it. Well, I talked about that last week with the car, mm. uh, didn't I? Um, sometimes looks great. Uh, you think, oh, good, I've got a new car. You know, might you might save up and you might get yourself a a BMW, you know, a second-hand BMW, and you think, I'm driving a BMW. Mm. And then after a little while, you find out that the servicings are so expensive, you Mm. can't afford to keep it. (laughs) Anyway, that sort of thing happens. So what is peace? Well, peace is mentioned around 92 times in the New Testament. So it's a a pretty important topic, apparently. Seems to be. Mm. In the Greek, it's uh, erine, and it means having nothing to fear. Now, just in that meaning, it's a bit different from what we understand as peace. I can have a peaceful day where I just sit at home, sit on the balcony perhaps, watch people walking past, enjoy the breeze, um, you know, read a book or something. And to me, that's peaceful. But having nothing to fear is the Bible meaning of it. Now, many years ago, I experienced this. Uh, we did a team building exercise in a job where I worked, and you've probably done it yourself. Where you have to—it's called the faithful. Yes, I've seen and, that. Yep. Yeah, you have to stand blindfolded, away, facing away from a couple of people. You don't have to be blindfolded, but it does help. Um, in in some instances, it does help. So, it helps with the faith part of it, mm. and, and you face away from your colleagues, and then two of them stand behind you, and they're ready to catch you, and you fall backwards into their arms. And they catch you. Now, I've seen people do this badly and they don't catch the person. That's not the intention of it. And it was interesting to watch the other people who simply fell back and let the others catch them. And there was no hesitation at all. Mm. And then there were some who struggled with it, wondering if they'd be caught. You know, they just couldn't take, you know, they couldn't take the faith or the trust that those people would catch them. And perhaps it was something to do with relationship there. But for me, I had complete trust in my um, team members, so I simply fell back. And with complete confidence, they caught me. I knew they would catch me. This this is the meaning that's implied in the Greek here, having nothing to fear. You know, I could fall with confidence. I knew that they'd catch me. So what was it that gave me that level of confidence, do you think? I suspect it's uh, that you knew your team members and you, you trusted them. Yeah, yeah, it was that relationship, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. The relationship that we have with people, the relationship that we have with God, that's what I would suggest this this peace comes from, a lack of fear. I no longer fear that those people are going to catch me because I know them so well, and I know they wouldn't just let me fall on the floor for the sake of having a laugh. Yeah. You know? um, although some people I know just might. <laughs> That's, that's a bit mean. <laughs> yes, that's Particularly right. when, they're, when they're trying to trust you. That's not a good way to develop trust. <laughs> no, with family like that, who needs enemies? Oh, sorry, right. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> My family wouldn't do that to me. But I'd suggest today that this is the kind of peace that's promised by God that comes through the Holy Spirit. It's a peace that implies we have nothing to fear. And we can be assured of it as we gain a close relationship with the one who's promising it 
um, we can have this peace. We can have this peace. Mm. Um, it, it reminds me, David, uh, I've been sharing over the past couple of weeks and the last uh, episode um, is tomorrow on my journey with cancer and mm. you know this concept of peace having nothing to fear uh, connects very strongly with um, some of the experiences that I went through and I guess the, the battle that you face when you, you're diagnosed with uh, a serious cancer and um, but it reminds me of so many passages of scripture that have come up in my journey that says, mm. do not fear or don't be afraid mm. um, because God is with you. And that's, uh, I think that's the message God wants to give us, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. You know, it's this kind of peace that drives out the fear of anything that, mm. that he's in charge, you know. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Just a mention of our free book offer today. And uh, if you've also got an answer to our question that we uh, asked earlier, the question was, when was a time you experienced extraordinary peace? We'd love to hear from you. 0488880891. Please uh, text us in. And uh, we'd love to hear your experience when you've experienced extraordinary peace. But our book offer today, Man of Peace, it's a contemporary uh, adaptation of a classic work titled The Desire of Ages. I know last year we were giving away The Desire of Ages. This is a, an adaptation of that, and uh, we'll give you a bit more information after the break. This song is uh, from uh, a group called Scripture Lullabies, and it's called The Peace of God.
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and I have an apology to make before we go on I uh, played the wrong song in the wrong order so that was uh, Hallelujah by oh, Hallelujah is our song by Sarah Crozier we'll, we'll uh, listen to the piece one next then um, but uh, right now we're back with David Maxwell uh, talking about the topic of peace Now, before the break, David, we were looking at how it's actually our relationship with God. It's our our knowing him that builds the trust in him that can drive out fear of things that might be happening around us. Mm, But uh, when we look at the world at the moment and perhaps even in our own local communities or our households or wherever it is, we often see a lack of peace, a lack of uh, peace. yeah, a lot of unrest and all that sort of mm. thing. So, you know, where's God in all of that? I guess uh, is is he there? Is uh, is it is uh, the peace not happening? Because um, mm. you know, what what's the story there? Yeah, it's a fair question because most of us or many people ask that. You know, things go wrong in their life and they go, "I thought God was supposed to bring peace." And we're going to look at a verse in a moment that actually says that. So, before the break, I was talking about how um, God's peace is this calm assurance that He's in charge and we don't have anything to fear. Um, but sometimes we see this conflict around us, as you've mentioned, and then we think, "Hang on, how do I balance these two concepts? How do I balance the concept that?" God brings peace, but I see nothing but trouble in the world. Let me read a verse in, um, uh, let me see, in verse uh, Luke, Luke chapter yeah. 2 and verse 14 here. It's, uh, it's what the angels are saying to the shepherds in the field as Jesus' birth is announced. And they, they fill the sky and they say, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill towards men and then what we see around us is everything but everything Mm. but it would seem to say that the angels are saying jesus birth is going to bring peace and goodwill um the nasb actually has a little bit differently it says peace to men of goodwill and i think well that really changes the concept a little bit Mm. but nevertheless we we look at all this time of trouble you know there are so many conflicts around us in the world today I mean, even as we speak, it seems the world is teetering on the 
on the on the on the brink of another world war. You know, if Russia invades Ukraine, um, who's going to defend mm. Ukraine? Who's going to get involved on that side? Who's going to get involved behind Russia? It could really escalate quickly. And then we've got the uh, conflict between uh, China and uh, Taiwan potentially on the on the horizon as well. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. And and look, some of some of these um, conflicts are even religiously motivated. Mm. So when when you see all of these things happening, you have to ask the question: Did the angels make a mistake? Did they really mean that Jesus' life? Um, birth and mission is going to bring peace to mankind. Well, it, it's actually interesting because if you jump back to Matthew, in Matthew uh, 10 and verse 34, even Jesus doesn't say that he's going to bring peace on earth. Let me read it. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 10 and verse 34. Um, where are we? Verse 34. I'm reading for the New King James, of course, here. It says, do not think, Jesus is speaking, he says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. What's going on here? Yeah, it's confusing, you know, what, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the Old Testament talked about the Messiah being a prince of peace. Mm. He, he said he was, it said he was the prince of peace. He's going to be the prince of peace. So how could Jesus himself then say, I bring a sword rather than peace? That's that's a struggle for most people. It is. Say, yeah. Look, see, the Bible doesn't make sense. So they're looking at the pair of the way it looks, and mm. they not, they don't want to take a bite. Mm. <laughs> they don't want to get in there. Um, no, it doesn't look very good. Well, on the, the surface, it seems that Jesus is saying, I, "I'm not bringing peace." But somewhere else, and we'll read this verse a little later. He says, "You can have my peace." And so it seems there are two concepts being mentioned here. It seems that what happens is that when Jesus brings peace to you individually, then another non-converted person is actually offended and it causes division within relationships and within families. Mm. Um, I've seen people actually be jealous that someone else is happy. Mm. Now, I don't understand that because I love it. You know, we, you see on the TV, uh, someone's won, I don't know, the big lotto, you know. I, I, I saw an ad when I was walking downtown the other day. It's $120 million this week. You know, somebody wins that, and, and you're happy for them. But other people get really angry. People get really uh, envious, you know, and they, they ring them up. They want to be friends with them. They want their money. Why can't you give us some money? You know, and so there's there's perhaps people... When they see others content, not not necessarily with a lotto, just content in life when there's perhaps no real reason to be in the circumstances, it makes people angry. They say, why are you happy and I'm not and we're going through the same thing? How mm. can that be? It's interesting, isn't it, how, how people respond differently to different circumstances. And uh, um, I know, again... Going back to my journey with cancer, you know, cancer can be a devastating thing to uh, experience and be told you've got. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, at times I felt a lot of anxiety and uh, and fear. But then when I put my trust in God, I felt that sense of peace. And so, yeah, I guess uh, uh, another scenario that I'm thinking of here is where, you know, one... Um, family member decides to follow Christ and, uh, you know, maybe be baptised or something, that often causes conflict within the family. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so a sword's there. 
Yeah. So one person has peace. They have the peace that God gives them. But there's division because that person thinks, hey, you're not, you're not the person I married. Mm. I didn't buy into this. This isn't what I signed up for. Mm. And so it creates division between the family. So it seems here when Jesus is saying, don't think I came to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. And then he goes on, for I've come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He's talking about that relational thing that happens in families. So, so he's not he's not really saying that uh, he wants people to be fighting. <laughs> no. But he's saying that the act of choosing to follow Christ will sometimes cause conflict. Conflict. That's mm. exactly what he's saying. He's stating... I guess he's stating the obvious, as some people would say, rather than saying, I'm doing this. Mm. But he's saying that I'm bringing peace. I'm going to experience peace because I've chosen Jesus. But that peace in my life brings a conflict in somebody else's because they're rejecting God. Mm. So it's really hard. you know. Um, sometimes Jesus brings peace to the one, but it causes tension or persecution from those who don't have it or don't want God. Mm. Absolutely. So they think, you know, I, I, I'm struggling in life. Why aren't you struggling as well? I experienced this once. Mm. I experienced this once, and it was just a really small way of experiencing. But uh, we, were, we were driving on a holiday in 2016, and our car broke down. And I thought, great, you know, I've ruined the holiday. It's nothing to do with me. The car broke down. I've ruined the holiday, and I'm upset about it. And And my wife had been sitting in the car and she's experiencing the same thing and i've you know i've destroyed the holiday if you like the car's broken down and i didn't have a reliable enough car and yet she was able to say well hey uh, you know god knows you need a car what are you worried about mm. why don't we just pray about it mm. and so she had the peace and i had conflict of course because we're both christians we were both able to um, she was able to encourage me to pray and not to worry about it as much as well. And that experience in itself helped me to see the peace that God brings us when mm. we rely on him. Well, be, uh, it, it's time to go to another break. But uh, before we do, we'll give you more information about this book offer we've got for today. It's called Man of Peace, and it's written by Jerry D. Thomas. Is your life peaceful? No? Well, you're not alone. Peace Peace, real peace, lasting, solid peace has always been difficult to find and even more difficult to maintain. We only have to look at the conditions in the world and our own lives to know that rare, how rare real peace can be. Yet we create much of our own stress and unhappiness when we try to live by the standards and expectations of the society that surrounds us. You know, more possessions, more power, more status, leading to more dissatisfaction and more longing. But once, a man came into the world whose life and message started a movement that continues to grow rapidly. More than 2,000 years ago, that man was, of course, Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, he took on the proud and the powerful and the religious elite of his day. He chose common fishermen as his closest associates. He was a skilled carpenter, but never owned his own home. He healed the sick and raised the dead and offered peace to everyone. Real, lasting, personal peace. He still offers that peace today. He offers his peace to you. You may have questions about this, so 
If you want to get this book, it will help you find answers. This book, Man of Peace. We're going to give you the code right after the break. But right now, here is the song that we missed earlier, and this is called The Peace of God by Scripture Lullabies. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today with David Maxwell on the topic of peace. Now just before that break we promised a code for our free book offer today and the book is called Man of Peace. It's an adaptation of a classic work by Ellen White called The Desire of Ages uh, but this is an adaptation written by Jerry Thomas. So today the code to get that book... Please text us in REFLECT number 3. That's R-E-F-L-E-C-T and the number 3, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, uh, before the break, we were talking about how God's peace sometimes, when one person finds it, another person uh, doesn't cope with that very well, and it can actually cause some conflict, and people don't understand why some people are peaceful and they shouldn't be, and... Yeah, so how'd you like to uh, sort of wrap up this topic and explain that a bit more? Yeah, well, before I go into this section, uh, we haven't had anyone text in about their examples of extraordinary peace. So I thought, well, look, I'll share one and, and then I'll go into this section. So extraordinary peace is a peace that you experience that's uh, outside of just, a, um, you know, there's no trouble. There's no particular reason why you should be feeling peaceful. And yet you do. Now, that this experience for me was about 18 months ago. I experienced a minor heart attack. Now, when they say a minor heart attack, I, I, I'm told the pain's no different. Right. <laughs> but, but it's only a minor artery that's, that's blocked. Okay. Um, and, and it's not a major artery and there was no other issues. Um, it was a stress-related event and it was uh, a culmination of about... Oh, probably about two or three years of, of uh, uh, high-intensity stress. And so after all of this, um, I had this event, and I'm, I'm in the hospital, and I'm in uh, ICU, and I had this overwhelming sense of peace. Like, um, you know, you don't know what's happening. You don't know it's a minor heart attack. You just know that, well, heart attacks usually kill people. <laughs> And, and I'm lying in the hospital bed and I'm talking to one of the nurses and I'm able to have this overwhelming sense of peace. Just whatever happens, it's in God's hands. Mm. And I wasn't afraid. I, 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 I just can't explain it any other way except to say that it was extraordinary. It was, it was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. But I knew God was in control and I knew whatever happened I guess the biggest worry for me was what would happen to my wife if I didn't make it through this? Mm. How would she cope? But I had peace that God would look after it. God would sort it all out. So, and, yeah, I've, I've had very similar experiences, but uh, you have to listen to the Friday's programs to find out more about that. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. So, you know, before the break, I was explaining that that kind of peace that comes individually, many people don't understand it. So someone outside that experience, a partner, a relationship, or, or just someone you're associated with who doesn't understand that can sometimes um, react in, a, a, um, in, in an attacking kind of way because they want it really, but perhaps they don't want to do what it takes to get it. And so they, they are upset that you're happy. They're upset that you're, you're calm and you're peaceful in the experience or in your circumstance, but, uh, but they can't have it. So the kind of peace that Jesus offers is very different. And Jesus gives many illustrations of this kind of peace. Um, as he addresses Simon, uh, Simon was a, a Pharisee. 
uh, and bef- before he became a follower of Jesus, he's condemning this sinful woman in his heart and he says to the woman, as Jesus says to the woman, your sins are forgiven, your faith has saved you. This is in Luke chapter 7, 48 to 50. And what kind of peace do you think this sinful woman, so he, she comes into the, the, the meal and she, she is weeping and she uh, sits down near Jesus' feet. I guess they had their feet folded underneath them so she would have been behind him and, and she's crying and, and she's letting her tears drop on his feet and she's wiping his feet with a hair of all things. And these people at the at the meal are thinking, if he's a prophet, how does he not know what this woman is, that she's you know um, an unclean woman, she's a prostitute or whatever it might be that, that the problem was with her. And Jesus knows what's going on in their hearts. And he says to this woman, you know, because of your act, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace Mm. what kind of peace do you think she experienced i think ultimate peace that she was forgiven and that uh you know christ was offering her that ultimate uh, eternal life i think you're right you're right and and you know she hasn't had that peace she's had that condemnation from the religious leaders she's not worthy of forgiveness she's Mm. outside of god's love and here the messiah is saying you have your sins forgiven you're Mm. welcome in god's sight and, and that's a powerful kind of feeling. It's a powerful kind of forgiveness. And yet, those in that circle, Simon and the others, they were feeling angry, confused, and frustrated. So there was a sword, if you like. Here's the sword. One is experiencing peace. The other is experiencing conflict. So Jesus brings peace, personal peace for the woman, but it also brings a sword or division to the unconverted. Now, I can remember my own conversion, and and I'm not talking about my baptism. That might surprise some people. But my conversion happened some 20 years after my baptism. And what I mean by that is I had a head knowledge about God, and I'd been told I was going to college to study for the ministry, and I'd been told by a number of different people inside and outside our denomination, don't go to Avondale College, you'll lose your faith. You know, they teach you all kinds of things. And I found that experience in college one of the most um, helpful and beneficial of my life. I found Mm. people who were connected with God. I found the peace of God right there doing prayer walks around the campus at lunchtimes. Um, and, and as I walked around that campus contemplating what I'd been studying, what I'd been learning, what I'd been reading and what God was expecting from me, I found peace. And for me, that was my conversion. Mm-hmm. It went from all the knowledge in my head to the experience in my heart. And many people can look back at the time and remember that change. Some of you might still be looking forward to it. Either way, you'll know it when it happens and it brings peace. It's a bit like the pear. You can look at it. You can see it looks different. It might even People might even look odd when you see them with this experience. You think, oh, they're strange. Oh, I don't want to be like that. But when you bite into that fruit, when you take hold of God's love... And the joy that he gives us, as we talked about last week, we experience peace. It's not the peace 
that the world gives. In, in, in John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus says exactly this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's that phrase you were talking about before, Jason. Don't yeah. be afraid. Yeah. Have peace. You know, it's my desire. It's my desire for all of those who are listening today, that you will taste and see the Lord is good, as King David says in Psalms 34, and that you'll experience his peace that surpasses all understanding, as Paul says in Philippians 4. Mm. Thank you, David. And uh, we'll remember that uh, that little story of the, uh, the unpleasant-looking fruit, that uh, <laughs> you've got to take a bite into it to experience the the good taste so yeah don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> so uh david what have you got for us for next week next week we're going to look at the patience or long suffering <clears throat> as some translations call it mm. uh, of god and we're going to see that characteristic of his character and how we can experience it and reflect that in our daily lives as well awesome now, our book today, Man of Peace, remember you can get a copy of that by texting 0488 Text that uh, code, which is REFLECT number 3, R-E-F-L-E-C-T number 3, no spaces. Text it into our show number to claim your free book. Tomorrow, you'll be hearing myself and Tabitha as we do part three of my uh, journey with cancer titled the big three of the big c part three so we hope you can join us tomorrow thanks david for your uh, program today and we hope we can uh, join all our listeners with you next week thank you very much no worries this is uh, do not worry by ellie helcom see the birds that are singing in the spring air Given everything they need They don't worry where their next meal will come from They don't worry about a thing So just look around you Try to listen to the song creation sings Don't you worry cause you're in the hands of the God Who made everything So when you
and the storms that they might bring. Try to remember that you're in the hands of the God who made every single thing. Now just remember, you're not a bird and you're not a flower. You don't have petals or wings. There's good news, 'cause you're worth so much more to the God who made everything. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.